0: Welcome to the Grow Your Practice Podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Chad Madden, owner of Madden Physical Therapy and Breakthrough. Join me each week as we dive into the best practices, systems, principles, tips, and tricks to help you grow your private practice. Hey, everybody. Chad Madden here with the Grow Your Practice Podcast. And today uh, we have one of my favorite owner stories that I've Ever heard? I'm very happy uh, that he's here. But uh, Lance Gross, physical therapist and uh, owner of GTS in Arkansas, welcome to the podcast here, Lance.
1: Hi, thanks, Chad. Good to be here with you.
0: Awesome. So, can you give uh, some people an idea of how you got into physical therapy and ultimately private practice as well?
1: Sure. So, of course, people ask that all the time. That's a common question. How'd you get into physical therapy? And true story, um, I was chasing a girl. So, High school sweetheart broke up. She decided she's going to therapy school. I said, Well, heck, I'll go to therapy school too. Maybe reunite this relationship. Anyway, worked out, been married 28 years now or so. Nice. Um, right. Graduated PT school, moved back to our hometown. Um, immediately went into ownership of my own business as a contract therapist. So within four months of graduating, or six months, I was a contract therapist. We had my own company, worked by myself for a few years at a local hospital, home health. Um, ended up hiring a few PTAs to work for us anyway, over the span of the overnight success story, you know, over the span of 20 years, uh, that to about a 60, 70 employee contract company servicing mostly home health and some school districts and things like that, but all contract based, uh, basically woke up one morning and looked at myself in the mirror and I was 40, what, seven years old at that time and said, what am I, what's gonna happen to me if all these contracts go away? because essentially I had nothing of my own. I had a huge contract business, but they could go away. So I had a meeting with all of our home health PTs. There's about 12 of them at the time. I said, hey, what do you guys think about opening some outpatient clinics? And they were all, sure, let's do that. And that was at a Christmas meeting. By January 15th, 16th, opened a first practice. Within six months, had five clinics open and grown from there. And we're fixing to open our 17th clinic here in a couple of weeks. And that's been a little less than five years ago now. So yeah, it'd be five years in January, I guess. we are year anniversary so
0: so you you the the first business you graduated in the late 90s i'm guessing
1: yep yep graduated pt school in 1996 96 Great. uh very first day on the job as a pt i did outpatients and inpatient and home health and pediatrics all the very first day as a and all, <laughs> all by myself <laughs> work, went to work went to work for a guy he hired me for four months knowing i was going to quit there but anyway first day on the job he's like oh run to this hospital and do some outpatients uh, all while you're there, to do some inpatients and go do home health. And by the way, there's a school, and you can go do a PG. All that day, very first day of a new grad. So, yeah.
0: we 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 always joke around that behind every successful private practice owner, there's a jaded experience working for somebody else. And it sounds like you got yours on yeah. day one. First day. Yep. <laughs> that's that's yep. great. So you did that. Um, 20 years, then uh, primarily home health, all contract based. Went into yep. private practice yourself. You've been on a a very rapid rise and expansion. Um, I know what you've done is super impressive in such a short period of time. So five years, you're about to open up your 17th clinic?
1: Correct. January 2nd, we opened the 17th. Yep.
0: Very nice. Um, So along the way, what's the biggest difference between working in home health and working in private practice bricks and mortar PT?
1: Oh, my gosh. well. There's hundreds, tons of differences. One to be, uh, I guess the well, the expense. It's a lot more. It's a lot more expensive to be in private practice than it is to be in the health contract for sure. There's overhead expenses that are enormous, as everybody knows. Um, next is having to. We have basically have to build our business ourselves. When you're a contract group, you just give what's given to you. So they just give you this work and you go do it. But as a private practice owner, you've got to build your own business, set yourself apart from the other competition in your area so that your business thrives and keeps growing. and We've, we've, we've done that pretty well here. In, we're in north central Arkansas, very rural Arkansas. So to preface a little bit about the 17 clinics, they're all within two-hour drive of one location. Most of them are in small rural towns. So several of them have one stoplight. Some have no stoplights in their town. That's kind of how I gauge the size of the town. How many stoplights do you have? So most of them are in one stoplight towns or no stoplight towns. Um, we have a few that are in large, large, we, we would call large community. You guys probably wouldn't. Large community for us is 12,000 people. That's a large town for us, 12,000 folks. So mm-hmm. What I'm sitting at now, I'm sitting in one of our clinics in Mountain Home, Arkansas. We have 12,000 residents here. And within four blocks of this facility, there's four of their private practices. we mm-hmm. we could drive the radius. There's five of us. They're all together here in one spot. So.
0: Right. So you talked about setting yourself apart being one of the challenges in bricks and mortar, so that you're basically filling your schedules and filling your space, getting that business in versus the contract work. I know you and I have talked a little bit about how you view competition. Um, How do you think about that when you're going into an area? You know, in the building that you're in, you said there's you know four competitors within a few blocks. How do you think about that?
1: So when we first started, we first five years ago or six years ago planning this. We, I was concerned about that, a lot, that. We can't go to this town because we're already get practice there. We can't go this way because we already in practice. Well, we were, we were so successful the first year or two that I started to realize that it didn't really matter who was in, in town because I'm not competing with them. I'm just getting my own clientele. It doesn't matter who's already there. We could have moved in next door. I actually looked at a building next door to one of our – right next door. We would have been in the same – shared the same parking lot. I didn't open there because it was just poor taste, I thought. But um, – we set ourselves apart. We we try to hire the best clinicians for one. We we set we do lots of specialty things. So we try to be one of our goals is if if you want something done therapy wise, whatever no matter what it is, dry needling, lymphatic drainage, whatever it's gonna be with we're able to do that. So I give our staff kind of a smart blanche, whatever you wanna do. If you wanna get certified in something with interest, we're gonna let you get that done. Then we're gonna mark market the fire out of it that we do that. So we basically become the one-stop shop for therapy for all providers so all clinicians referring someone all people referring someone are going to send it to us because they know we can do that and we specialize in that and then with our marketing on top of that that we do with through breakthrough um just ramps that up so we're actually we just I, I feel and we all feel that we are the go-to therapy group in north arkansas there's other great therapists around don't get me wrong great great other and i don't feel i don't view them as competition i just view them as friends of ours that are have a therapy clinic we just do things different
0: right yeah we we've talked about in the past um the, the theory of scarcity or a scarcity mindset meaning it's a zero-sum game and there's only so many patients to go around like we all had with um physician referrals right that was the game we were constantly trying to jockey with the orthopod or the family physician to get the referrals because there were only so many and now um it seems like you're doing a ton of direct to consumer marketing. Um, and so it kind of renders those other competitors because they're not doing that same direct to consumer marketing, right?
1: Right. So actually what's, what's kind of not funny, but kind of unique about that is when we started doing our direct to consumer marketing, our, we get, we get a lot busier. Our competitors also got busier. So they're feeding off our marketing because we're doing so much Facebook, social media marketing that they're benefiting from it also. So we're all getting busier in in the same town. So it's, it's been a win-win for everybody.
0: Oh, nice. They love you. Yeah.
1: Right. They're, they're doing, I'm marketing for them. So
0: that's perfect. <laughs> that's great. Uh, you also mentioned hiring the best clinicians. How do you, th- I'm, I'm sure we're all trying to do that or claiming that we're doing that. I think you're genuinely doing that from what I've seen and meeting your team members. Can you talk about um, how you think through that, what you're doing to attract the right team members, how you're training them so you can provide all the specialties? How are you thinking about that?
1: Right. So. Most of those clinicians they end up, they, they, they come to us. We've created an environment that I, I, people want to be a winning team, I guess, is where I would say it better. So if I'm working somewhere else, I see all the stuff that GTS is doing and read about it all the time, and hear about it from their friends because we're in small towns. All therapists know each other. We all know every therapist in town. So just word of mouth talk, the best clinicians want to come work here and we know which ones are the best ones. So if we get a somebody that comes wanting to work here. We well, know they're not the best one. Then we may not pass, we may pass on it. And we did some recruiting. We just went did some recruiting, with some new graduates, Um, hired a few new grad PTs lately, um, and had to mold them a little bit. As you know, new grad PTs, you got to kind of mold them and mentor them, get them on the right path. That's been a little challenging, but but good. Good.
0: Um, And uh, so you're going to the universities or you're taking clinicals or things along those lines?
1: Right. So we try to get clinical rotations. That's what we really strive for is to get. PETS to come do clinicals with us, and that's basically a six or eight week job interview. So that works out really well. That's where we've hired most of our new grads from. They've been students of ours.
0: Um, when did we? When did you come into the breakthrough fold?
1: In, in a- uh, two years, two years ago. Okay, like two, two years ago, like two years ago, like right now. We're as we're speaking, almost almost to the calendar day. I think so. We didn't we didn't do our first workshop until January twenty twenty two. So okay, got it.
0: Yep. Um, And then at the time, how many offices did you have then?
1: Uh, We had 13, 12, 12 at the time. So at 12 at the time, um, came into breakthrough that year, November, December, kind of did our whatever launch thing. Did our first workshops in January and kind of just followed, didn't kind of, we did follow what what you guys recommended. Followed the breakthroughs path. started doing workshops, um, didn't open any more clinics that year in 2022. Stayed with the same base 12, um, had a 70% growth in revenue 2022 is compared to 2021. Uh, I just looked this up before I got on the call because I want to make sure I threw the numbers right. Uh, right. So, so I forget sometimes. 70% growth in referrals for that year and about a 90% growth in visit numbers for that year. So that's that was the first year. This year, I just looked it up too, for calendar dates this year, if we had to compare calendar dates 2023 to this day compared to 2022, we're set about a 40% growth in revenue and a 55% growth in referrals. And that's without opening a new clinic, but a few new clinics that I just opened, so those numbers haven't really gone up because of those clinics yet. So, yep. So, uh, Pretty good, we think. We're happy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love talking with you because you make amazing success seem so... Uh... That's great. Uh, Okay. So um, can you talk about, so that was 2022, 2021, what were the main thing? Like, what were you really looking for at that time in terms of what what were you trying to solve? Was it the direct to consumer marketing? Were you looking for consistency? Was there something else that you were looking for um, before we started working together?
1: So we were doing um, everything and nothing, if that makes sense. So we were doing, no direct consumer market other than a few, a few random Facebook posts here and there that we just do on our own. Some kind of, you know, Facebook this happened that, and that was very random. Um, we had a marketing person that was going like you would, you know, take lunch to the doctors, go visit the doctor's office, and that was going nowhere. Of course, um, we were getting word of mouth referrals from former patients. We were still seeing growth. We were doing well. We were growing, but not nearly like we did. Took off in twenty twenty two are like a rocket ship. So, yeah, so we were just hit as hodgepodge of, every, of everything. And we don't do any of that anymore. I mean, we do have an external market that goes and does like health fairs and things like that and goes to our certain referral, big referral source doctors, but we don't chase down physician referrals like we used to at all.
0: Great. um, I know (laughs) what event this was. Uh, You and your team were at the event and we impromptu, I invited you up on stage to talk about your experience and you were like, "Ah, we, we turned the ads on. I hosted the workshop. I talked for thirty minutes. Everybody signed up for an appointment.
1: <laughs> pretty, pretty much. So, yeah, our first workshop. I can't forget our first workshop. We had, I think, we had 40, 40 something attendees for a rotator cuff workshop. And I just stumbled through it and went through this. I mean, I followed the script, but still feel like I stumbled through it. And uh, at the end, they just all sat there. and Nobody left. I'm like, y'all want to sign up for an appointment? I like, sure. So we just like signed everybody up. Sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. They're, uh yeah so I think i I just want to put a disclaimer a verbal disclaimer in here for everybody uh the, the, the your results are not typical um and you had a ton of business acumen coming into this so like you you absolutely implemented it very, very quickly, um which is amazing and super successful right out of the gate but they're like you said a a twenty twenty year overnight success story right yeah. like so you you have a little bit of uh, a little bit of experience that you're bringing to the table, but uh,
1: <laughs> I yeah, appreciate we had that, that, we had that, and we had that, and we had a lot of staff. We had you know I forget how many clinicians, close to 100 clinicians doing home health that we pulled from to open the clinics. So we pulled in clinicians to do that, so we didn't have to hire anybody for a long time.
0: Yeah, I um one other thing that I want to ask you about. Um, so th- that seems to be going really well. You t- obvious to me. You put a lot into um, your team, whether it's the clinicians or the rest of your support team, they're coming to our events, they're soaking up knowledge, they're asking really good questions, they're thinking through stuff. Um, I am sure that at some point in your career, Lance, you've made a personnel mistake.
1: No? Yep.
0: Okay. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, and, I, yes. <laughs> um, and we always learn from that, right? So, I like when I'm looking at your team today, I know it's a result of mistakes you made in the past learning and adjustment and innovations you made up along building your team. Um it, it was there like a, a pivotal experience in terms of where you started really taking that or has it
1: always been relatively easy? Um it's been fairly fairly easy for us, honestly, um as far as getting staff because like I say we a small area. We know most everybody. So everybody knows each other. Most of our staff come from referral from one of our other staff members refers them to us or someone looking to come on board. We have had to make a few desperation hires as you would call them i guess over the years and those they end up self-correcting i think after a while they're the the last meeting we had there's a there's a the non-regrettable and the regrettable departure from your organization so probably one of the clinicians we had the most mistake with she decided to leave on her own and that was a non-regrettable leave so that that was good good for us um you actually asked. So I think for our last event, we were talking about staff turnover and when's the last time like someone left your organization? And was that? And we, my staff was ever with each other, and it's been like in the last two years, one person has left. Wow. <laughs> like, like. One, but wait, Besides, now at the, I'm the front office staff, like front, front desk, receptionist, those. But as far as clinical staff, therapists, licensed therapists, we've had one leave, and she was non we were Like that's fine. She just wants to leave. Um. Yeah. Other than that. No, nope, they just have nobody. Nobody to leave. They just stay here.
0: W- was it always like that? Like amazing retention amongst your yeah,
1: team? yeah. It really has been. I've had over the years very few clinicians leave. They leave because they move, or they retire, or they just decide to change professions or something. Had very few leave to be another ther- be a therapist somewhere else. Okay, fair enough. I don't um, know why that is. No idea. Yet.
0: So well, I I think it's you and and your team,
1: right? Uh, yeah, but we have a, we have a great team. We really do very um, neat.
0: Yeah, very cool there. So any other, um, anything else that you're focused on as we move ahead into 2024 here, you know, what's in store? What are you thinking of next in terms of, you know, there's a really strong headwinds with the declining reimbursements and increased pressure on cost, especially in the bricks and mortar. Um, can you talk about any trends that you're seeing or any, um, how you're thinking about navigating that as a practice?
1: So if we have any concerns, that's our biggest one is the declining reimbursements, um, fixed payers, sources is a huge problem for us. Um, we have a lot of those in our area. We have a, we live in a rural area. Um, income levels aren't the highest here. So a lot of folks go with a cheaper insurance company. So our our payers aren't the best. Our case mixes aren't very good for us. And we're seeing that change gets more and more so. So our. Mine, uh, our biggest concern the next several months, years gonna be focusing on that. How do we combat that? How do we com- combat declining reimbursement and increasing costs? I mean, our costs are going up to the roof. You know that. Everybody knows that across the country. They're not getting less. Medicare's fixed another cut on us as we know. We're seeing tons and tons of United healthcare patients. A lot of I know a lot of folks across the country don't take those kind of insurances, but where we're at our demographic, if we cut those off, we're cutting off thirty percent of our referrals overnight. Yeah. It's uh, kind of a challenge for us. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, and I, I don't think you're alone there. I think, that, yep. I mean, I it everywhere, um, not just Arkansas. Okay, fair enough. Um, one final question for you.
1: Yeah.
0: The what's the most influential book that you've
1: ever? You've I knew ever read? I knew you would ask that because I <laughs> I just thought what's he ask me probably that question because I'm actually no, I don't read books <laughs> so so here's the weirdest thing so I would here okay. You want a little a little history on a little history that inside history that no one knows about me. Probably very few people know about me. Okay. So probably probably the most influential book that I actually read was a uh, John Matthews, 21 One Laws Leadership." Okay.
0: John Maxwell.
1: John Maxwell. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Maxwell. Thank you. Perfect. So, at my earlier youth, as a twenty two year old, twenty three year old, I was involved in a network marketing, uh, okay. company. Like an Amway or something like that. Yeah. Exactly, like, exactly like an Amway. I wouldn't call it Amway, but if you don't call it Amway, we can call it Amway if you want to. <laughs> yeah, that's so, fine. Right, right. You can spell it the same way, actually, if you want to. Um, yes. So, that, of course, I made zero money doing that. But the group I was involved with were huge advocates in personal growth, leadership development. And I read tons of books during that time and listened to tons of audio during that two-year time period. And no doubt about it changed my future. So whether I made a dollar off of the network marketing company, the the leading trip and training I got from that catapulted me into whatever's happened to me. So yeah. Right. So, so my, my friend, my friend Tom that got me involved with that. Still my still my good friend today. Um I can thank him for that, I guess. So yeah.
0: So th- there was a lesson there. Th- not not the lesson you thought you were gonna get, but uh
1: exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Very good. Awesome. Yep. Well, uh Lance Growth, GTS. Uh, from Arkansas, thank you so much for, for being on here. I love what you're doing.
1: All right, Chad. Anytime. Thank you.
0: Hey, everybody. Chad Madden here. And I want to tell you about our upcoming, upcoming event here in 2024. We're going back to the implementation boot camp. This is where you're working live on your practice in a group filled with other practice owners. And this specifically is around mastering your profits. So it's a breakthrough bootcamp, master your profits. It's February 8th through 10th in Orlando, Florida. Uh, you're going to be right there in Disney. If you want to, you know, make it a a family vacation on as well around the bookends, I'll be doing that. My family will be down the week before, uh, before the event, but it's going to be awesome specifically because of what's happening in private practice right now. You already know the the details, you're likely feeling this right now, downward pressure on reimbursements, upward pressure on cost creating a lot of problems for us. And I wanna share a quick story with you before I tell you exactly uh, about the sessions, about the the speakers that are gonna be there that you're gonna wanna hear from as well, and the setup. So a few years ago, uh, we had a financial crisis in the country, 2007, 2008. And uh, at that time in, in 2009, in the middle of it, I um, literally, we were really struggling in, in private practice. I, there was a point I did not think that we were gonna make it through. And uh, it kind of left me in a funk for about two years. We had lost some staff. Um, the, I t- took on a lot of space. I think we were up to 12,000. We went from 4,000 to 12,000 square feet in less than a year and uh, created a lot of problems for myself. I was in an absolute funk, stopped investing in myself. And what bounced me out of it is I had a friend. A friend's name was Kevin. Kevin was like, hey, you need to come to this event. And it was an event for small business owners, but he said, you know, I really think, you know, that this is for you. Um, And I'd been talking with Kevin almost daily for years. Um, Anyhow, he was, I I tried to get out of it last minute. I said, listen, I have too much to do at work. I have too much other stuff going on with my family. There's no way that I can make the time. And he stopped and he pulled me aside and he said, listen, uh, you need to invest in yourself. He said, I got you a ticket show up to the event, you will not regret it. And what was weird is I went to the event, ended up buying a stack of books which are are still on my bookshelf here, and it completely transformed our practice. And that's the same exact spark that I'm guessing that you might be looking for, a little catalyst. I know some owners will say, I need a little kick in the rear end, uh, kick in the tail. Uh, But that's the same exact catalyst that this event can give you, and especially if you're looking for more profitability. So what's in store for you? Um, we're going to do you know a macro overlook of everything that's going on, the state of PT, and everything that's in store for us in 2024, we're going to be walking through the Profit Leak Audit. This was the transformative uh, exercise that I went through that completely changed how we were looking at our profitability um, in my own private practice and how other owners are doing that as well. We're going to go over the four profit levers in depth and how you can implement each one of those. And you're not just going to be hearing from me. Um, you're also going to be hearing from other owners that are currently implementing this and are successful in their own private practices. Other owners from all over the country, Florida, Texas, Pennsylvania, Michigan, California, etc. We're also going to be going over the, the pro forma. I'll be, uh spicing this up a notch where in the past you've likely have seen one And the way that we teach it in the course is you know month one um which was yesterday your pnl over to uh, a monthly thing for um, sometime in the future right so uh, you've seen the pro forma tool we're gonna i'm gonna show you the exact five-year tool that we're now using and i'll even share with you that the 13 year that mike and i put together back in 2017 um in terms of uh our forecast and I'll update you how well that's working um, and some of the shortfalls that have happened along the way. But you'll be hearing uh, again, uh, you'll, you'll have the tool, you'll have the more advanced tool and you'll learn exactly how to use that for your practice. We're going to be going through live examples as well. Lots of live examples. I know that's the number one thing that's requested. Uh, in the past, I shared a lot of my numbers. I'll be bringing that back and share actual reports from my private practice. And I think we're going to get a few other owners to do the same. Um, I know in the past you've heard from owners that are implementing like Tony Sear, Sean Weatherston, Jennifer Ratner, Lance Gross, Chris Gordos, Deepak, all have been on the stage willing to share. I expect the same exact thing here at this event. We're gonna be going uh, through patient conversion with people that are actively doing the patient conversion right now. Software training with Sarah Pierce, very much looking forward to that. Uh, Sarah's awesome. Uh, Workshop presenting, uh, Mary DeLong, Bob Kowalik, Mark Kalinin, uh John Logar. If you remember, uh, John Logar from Australia, the uh, healthcare trends expert, will be coming back. I, I know Chris Redding has also uh, been invited as well. Um, the, yeah, so we're going to be, uh, it's going to be jam-packed. We'll be doing live implementation sessions. So where you'll be learning and then you'll be implementing it right away in, in, into your practice. We're gonna um, have uh, mastermind sessions as well and the roundtables with the breakouts because they've been such a hit. If you haven't registered already, the day to get the uh, your, your cheapest ticket, your least expensive ticket is right now. Save the most money. Register, once you register, you'll be getting details um, on the hotel as well. Um, I'm sure that's somewhere on this page or in this email. But um, yeah, so you get the link, the discount link for the hotel room as well. This is an event you will not wanna miss, especially with everything that's happening and private practice PT. I'll see you there. Remember to visit getbreakthrough.com to access our free resource library designed specifically for private practice growth. While you're there, make sure you register for a complimentary growth assessment to learn about potential opportunities for growth in your local market. Again, thank you for tuning into the Grow Your Practice podcast and supporting our mission to
1: help people in pain get back to normal naturally.